Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Apocio, and with the first pick in the Draw Play Podcast co-host draft, the Draw Play Podcast selects Sam Grezis. Oh yeah! Finally made it. Fin- finally a big timer. I appreciate that. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to thank everybody for for this this honor, and I hope to. Um, I hope to bring uh, bring the podcast into uh, a new successful era. Really pumped about that. And since you are the only pick in the Draw Play Podcast draft, you're also technically Mister Irrelevant. Hell yeah. That's good because I can fly under the radar if I if I suck a lot. No one will really judge you that hard mm-hmm. because hey, no one expected anything of you. There you go. There it is. There it is. Anyway, after a short break, we're back. Your parasocial friends are here, so let's get our fake relationships on. Mm-hmm. How how have you been, Sam? Been all right. Been all right. Um, you know, still obviously like s- stuck at home. Uh, everything uh is kind of bleak in that regard but at least the weather's getting a little nicer uh chicago isn't as cold anymore uh right now it's kind of like blue skies uh you know warm ish so you know hang hanging in hanging in playing video games doing doing the do what what is your the big video game that you've been playing this entire time? I mean, it's Animal Crossing, right? It's got to be Animal Crossing. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what it is for most people. I want to. I I it's it's like a, there are other like I want to play Final Fantasy VII remake and Persona Five Royal, but like it's like but I you know I have to tend to my fucking garden. I have like these other chores that I enjoy doing, but I like I have to do still, you know. Yeah, Animal Crossing has completely absorbed my wife, and I, I don't know if she's put the switch down since the game came out. I've been working my way through the enormity of The Witcher Three. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to do that too. That's another one that's on my, on my list. It's, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like I, okay, I have feelings about The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. All the writing and character work is great. Right. The actual playing it kind of sucks. Okay. It's not uh, like everything about the game that's great is in the writing and mm-hmm. the quests and the designs and the monsters in the world. But actually playing it is just clunky and awkward and not much fun. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's it it's like in its own way, it's like this weird contrast for some of it's like the best gaming has to offer of this particular types of content and also super generic unfun thing that i would have put down a long time ago if it didn't have the other stuff right that's fair that's super fair i i put it on normal mode when i first started and then after like three battles i was like "Uh -uh, fuck this there's no way i'm going to enjoy the combat in this game so i just bumped it down to easy so i can just get through any combat section because it's just it's not fun. It's just so clunky and awkward. Your character doesn't do like I. I always try and parry, and it never seems like it pulls yeah. the parry up in time. Yep, yep. It's 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 just one of those things where mechanically, like, it just doesn't run very smoothly, mm-hmm. and it, it's just very irritating. And you you go on this cool quest where you get like this whole little cool horror story of like this monster that's terrorizing this little village and you go and you fight the monster and you see the monster and it's like oh wow this is so cool and then you actually 
begin the mechanics of actually fighting the monster and you're like oh right the combat sucks ass right right i i would love if they were able to do something with like the good story of the witcher but like the good action of like a devil may cry or like a band something like that it might be just because this past year i've been playing basically games that are built off great gameplay sure yeah like this year i i played dark souls 3 Mm -hmm. i played sekiro Mm -hmm. i played um I, i went replayed horizon zero dawn sure I played uh, Control. Oh, I'm I'm midway I played... through that. that. That game fucking rips so. Control far. is incredible. Control Control is the best Jedi game ever made. Uh-huh. I think. And I also played Death Stranding, which isn't a combat game, but its gameplay loop is exactly like if you're into that, it's what exactly we're looking for. I really sure. enjoyed it for what it's worth. I know it's been divisive, but like, yeah, I mean, from a like for, 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 from a mechanical standpoint, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, like right. it's it's fine. It sets out to do what it does, and it's just whether or not what it's doing clicks with you is whether that game works. Like yep. from a mechanical standpoint, it does exactly what you want it to do. I never feel like my buttons do the wrong thing or don't do it in time. That's the problem I'm having with your three. From it, like you know that thing you have sometimes in games where you're like surrounded by enemies. And you're hitting the button to like do it, and you kind of warp forward. Mm-hmm. But then you warp for, but then like your next swipe automatically targets a different enemy, and you slide across the ground and hit an enemy you weren't trying to target. Oh my God, is that? Uh... Or you try and like you try and like hit a certain button, and it seems like it it didn't input, and you get hit, and you're wondering right. why your character isn't responding. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing, like in a Souls game or something like that. Like you feel like you're at fault when you fuck up right like when i get hit in the witcher 3 i feel like i didn't fuck up i feel like the game didn't input right and it's too clunky and right it, it's just been like this is one of the reasons why i think the game's a little overrated sure well i mean the the thing is regardless or not of whether or not that's true that's also always it's the fault it's it's the responsibility of the game to be like this is when you can like if you're caught in like stun lock or whatever or you're staggered because an enemy punched you in the face it's up to the game to uh, relay to you when when you can move again. You know, like that should yeah. be that should be readily obvious to you, so that you don't like get stuck in a loop and you're not frustrated jamming the button, not realizing that like no, you're you're still getting hit or whatever. And that's kind of like that. That is a thing that has been around in gaming since fucking Mega Man 2, right? Like it's it's like yeah, if you die in one of those hard ass fucking NES games, it's your fault unless it's Castlevania and you get hit by a Medusa head to fall into a pit and just die in one hit, you know, whatever. There's a there's a difference between like and that's what people talk about when they talk about a game being unfair. And even though I yeah. don't love the the like from software souls games, that is like people talk about those games being difficult, but but the player has a lot of tools to like control everything. You know what I mean? The way the way um the souls games feel like a lot of people think it's unfair because of difficulty. No, like if you know, if you pay attention to the combat, if you have reflexes, you can basically get through any battle unscathed in Souls. Mm-hmm. It's just getting, it's just like the game's kind of 
ask you to master that rhythm as part of the gameplay loop. It's right. not just something you do for fun on a replay. It's what it asks you to do the first time through. Mm-hmm. And that could be very frustrating, especially when you get stuck on an enemy. I think a lot of the frustration I have in Souls Combat is it just seems like there's a lot of enemies that take out too much health or have too much health. Sure. So it becomes a little bit too much of an endurance test, which after you've died to that enemy like four or five times, it stops being fun and interesting and starts getting a little annoying. Mm-hmm. And it just compounds the more and more deaths you take. But again, it's not, it doesn't feel like the game is failing me. It feels it's, it's different than that. It feels like it's a challenge that can be overcome at all points. You just kind of hate yourself and hate the game for being a little bit heavier on the tankier side. Whereas The Witcher, it just feels like half my inputs don't work sometimes. Right, like they get like, what? Yeah. Come on. But in terms of writing and characters, like if you don't give a shit about any of that, and you're completely fine with putting a game on easy and just blasting through I was going to say, story, this is why I meant it's easy, worth it mode, for that. easy mode is underrated, especially for games like like the witcher or even like skyrim i am incredibly pro easy mode yes a hundred percent because because the combat isn't what every game has to be about the gameplay is important but it's not the reason why a lot of people play the games i mean i yeah i'm very attracted to a lot of aspects of games that isn't the gameplay and it's one of the reasons why i've still enjoyed the witcher 3 despite the fact that the combat pisses me off right right 100%. Agreed. Welcome to our video games podcast. Yeah, I guess the draft happened. Yeah, um, so what was your main takeaway from the draft? And then I'll do mine. Alright, so my main takeaway is that are we talking like actual like football players or like the presentation Uh, or anything? anything, Or just anything. anything? Main takeaway. My main takeaway is that ESPN severely miscalculated how to do the presentation on every player. Mm, oh my god, yeah, that I that wasn't going to be mine, I'm just going to start forgot, with that because that, that is the I thing that, that bothered that. me the most. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I, it I bothered I, fucking right. everybody. I it, it got to the point where I was seeing it was like a Twitter meme and I had trouble telling the real ones from the fake ones. It is it's astound. It was astoundingly terrible. Here's here's some background. Like yes. when I'm doing the draft, obviously anyone who follows me knows that I'm tweeting out the pictures. When I'm watching the draft, I don't pay attention to like any of the post announcement analysis or stats because I'm usually too frantically trying to get the picture out. I hear the pick. I'm immediately into Photoshop, pulling up the right file, adjusting the things that need to be fixed so that I can save it out and then tweet it out and. And then as soon as that's done, I relax and I just take like the next five minutes to just like chill and then wait for the next pick. I'm not paying attention to any of that middle analysis. And yet halfway through the draft, I was I had still noticed it because it was so off putting and so tonally terrible. Yeah, really dramatic tone shifts that they were putting these self-personal tragedies in every single draft pick story and i get what espn was going for like they're going for the whole like this is what this player has overcome to achieve his nfl dream and it's inspiring and that works on an individual basis when it when they kept doing it 
every other player, it felt like. It just became this parade of misery. Yeah, really. Yes. And it and it completely diminished the actual struggles for the individual player because it was just this compounding mess of sadness and tone shifts. And it's just like, I don't... like. It's super depressing that his dad got hit by a car and died. And then the next player's dad got hit by lightning. And it's like, chill out. Wild, yeah. Do you you think they don't fucking want you to... (laughs) Do you think, like, my thing is, like, do you think they asked the fucking players about that? I thought that they... I was when I was they watching can't it. Have. I was thinking that they had to have they because can't there was have. no way that they'd be doing this otherwise. I was like, "All right, wait a minute. Maybe they were like because obviously the draft situation was different this year." I figured, like, yeah, they got to have some sort of presentation facts because they're not going to have like the footage of them walking across the stage to enjoy that. So they got to fill that airtime with something. Maybe they'll fill that airtime with a little bit more players. So I figured that they must have been asking. But, like, my brain couldn't comprehend that ESPN would be this stupid. Yeah, I was I, on, mean, I the The rationalization I came up with was that ESPN talked to, like, the families of every player and asked them, like, hey, like, if you get drafted, like, what do you want us to, like, what, yeah, what's a snippet sure. about your life that we want to bring up? And the players would be like, hey, like, I wanted to, like, take this moment to, like, honor, like, my dad. Yeah, that yeah, kind 100%. Of That's what I thought yes, they were doing. Yes, yes, yes. And then it, and then it became <laughs> clear that ESPN did not do that. They no. were This wasn't the request of the players. This was just ESPN just coming out with these facts, depressing as hell every single time, sticking these horrible tragedies in between Mel Kuyper discussing how good his 40 time was. And it's, it was disgusting. Yep. A hundred percent. I, it was, it really was, I mean, disgusting is the the correct word. And it, I mean, not to like, but it, it, it relates to the, it's it's odd, right? Because they the the stated goal of something like that is to humanize players and let you know their story, right? But the yeah. way in which it was executed, <laughs> pardon me, the way in which it was executed, um, barrels home the fact that for a lot of sports analysts, especially vis-a-vis the draft in any sport, these people are just bodies. Right. Yeah. It's not. They're not people. They're bodies with physical abilities. They're they're numbers, and the story is part of the number because the story can get people's emotion. You can take advantage of people's emotions that way. Right. That's a problem across sports and across more things than the draft. Um. The the dehumanization of of you know the body of the athlete, but but. I think that it, it is it is very very on display. At, like you did a you did a bunch of comics about that for the combine. The like fucking creepy factor of the combine. It's huge in the combine. Yeah. It's huge in the draft. And I think what ESPN did for the draft is telling in that way. Right? They if if they thought if the person who or the people who the team who put together those splash images like had any kind of empathy like i don't know man it 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 seems like that is not the kind of thing you do when you realize that someone else is a real person with real hopes dreams and emotions this, you know what i mean like, like the, not not to, the, i don't want to sound the stories, like mean yeah 
No, the stories like you can't do this in like what amounts to like five minutes of chatter about a player to analyze them before the next pick moves on. And that's one of the reasons why the tone shift was so abrupt and so awful because they'd announce the player, they'd go over like their career at whatever, they'd go over their pros and cons as a player. And then they would just hard shift into this sad music and, and then immediately start talking about the, the worst moment in their lives and then they'd immediately go like, and now we go live to the commissioner for the Saints pick. And it it doesn't work. These stories, these kind of things are best saved for individual player profiles on a more individual basis. Like if you're going to do a profile of a player on a, like in a magazine or for a story for the team, that's when you <laughs> use this kind of stuff. When you can dedicate more time to it and how it's helped shape the person. Right. Not as a minute little snippet in their draft profile, which is other things like this was the draft. This is not the time. Like this was our escapism. This was the only major outside, like the, the women's NBA draft, which happened like a week before this was the biggest sporting event. That's going to happen for the next few months. Like this is going to be the only sports thing that happens in this major span of time before shit reopens and all that stuff right this was not this people were tuning into this to escape we're all stuck at home we're all existentially miserable because we're like what's happening what's gonna change people are dying i just want some sports i just want to tune in i want to see someone do cool shit i want to hear fun little snippet stories about how like how the kid met a harlem globetrotter as a kid and had like fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, this should have yeah. been a positive ex- this is like one of the best days in the lives of these kids they're getting drafted their dreams are coming true this is the best moment one of the best moments of their lives it shouldn't be about their childhood trauma not and not to be not to kind of make a hard shift here but it shouldn't be that hard to find fun stuff about fluff stories are fun and easy well but yeah but also i'm talking like specifically in the year of our lord 2020 when everyone has a phone and every every football player is on like tiktok twitch or like whatever like is it that hard to pull a cool video of them getting like a a triple headshot in like call of duty or them doing like putting together a really funny like tiktok sketch like everyone is more a videos of now, them right? jumping out of pools. Exactly. Like yeah. so, it's everybody is a creator. Everything is like everything is online because people want to make things and and kind of get themselves out there. Like how fucking hard is that? That is less work for you to do. You don't even have to make the content. All you got to do is just put it on your feed. Like even if you want to do it like a dedication yes, to like yeah, hey like this player too. wants to give a dedication to his dad just like quick 10 seconds or just like hey and this player just it. wants is he's doing it for his dad just like hey his dad passed away in this accident there move on back to the fun shit want, that's what we're here for it's the draft that, the the other thing is like we'd ha- we'd be having a different conversation right if if it was if, if they still did that for every player, but it was like a personalized tribute that the player actually made, 
like if they had the yeah. players send in videos, we'd probably be talking about how like, man, yeah, that was kind of a downer. But like also at the same time, it was really nice that they let them do that or it, that they they carved out that time. Yeah, again, maybe not not the tone we expected or wanted from the NFL draft, but you know, it was important to the athletes and that's great. Instead of this conversation we're having about them being absolute fucking ghouls. You know what I mean? Everything about this was a terrible miscalculation on ESPN's part. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Outside that, that was probably the thing that bothered me the most. Um, outside that, which I don't think they'll be dumb enough to make that mistake again, because I literally think nobody enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, One thing I took away from this draft was that Roger Goodell has no charisma. Roger yeah. Goodell yep. in his basement I, I, between his picks. I will picks. say, I did like when he, like halfway through when he was, I can't I can't begrudge him from like slumping down in his chair. That is the most relatable no, thing I think that was Roger funny. Goodell and I enjoyed done. that his like bowl of M&Ms shrunk over the course of the first round. Yep. Like that was pretty funny. Yep. But like him actually talking without yes, a crowd. 100%. Yep. Or any, without being on stage, without a crowd of people booing at him, like him talking to the screens of like, pre of like the just the people just like randomly screaming into a webcam not really knowing the timing mm-hmm. like it was really awkward and roger cadell has zero camera presence and zero charisma still mad at bud light for trying to like well still mad at oh bud my light, God. But for trying to monetize our hatred of roger cadell that was like do not sell out your booze man Booze are pure. If yep. you care, like some people are like, yeah, but they're donating money to charity. Donate your money to charity directly. Also, Don't do it through this yes, shit. Because, because, hey, hey, fun fact. If you donate your money through charity, even it like, whether it's like uh, donating through a, like Chipotle, like rounding up your dollar, Grubhub rounding up your dollar uh, to go to No Kids Hungry, all of that is reported not as a donation by you it's reported as a donation by the company that you donate it through and every single one of them uses that to pretty much alleviate a, a ton of their tax liability that is how mm-hmm. that is how corporations launder that money so if you're going to donate do it on your own don't do it through fucking bud light because of they're wanting to weaponize. If you care about the money going to a good cause, donate it directly yourself. Yes, That's the only way to really ensure that most of it's going there and it's not going to basically help a corporation in the meantime. Do not sell out your booze. Mm-hmm. True. There were some people I saw that were like, as it was happening, just like, hey, this draft is like going fine. We should do this every year. I disagree with that. I... This was a fun novelty. I I I genuinely missed the the scenes of them walking across the stage, getting to shake. Yeah, the doll's yeah, hand, that's nice. Getting their picture taken, like that felt like it was an. It, it's like a graduation moment. Like it's a kind of an important moment for these kids. Agreed. And instead, they're just kind of sitting at home, and like that works for the later rounds or the people who deliberately chose to not be there. But like, I feel bad for all those first round picks that would have been there in vegas gotten a chance to walk across the stage and have a little moment like that and it just i like i'm glad there were no technical issues and that was fine but i i genuinely miss the way the draft was before and i don't think we should do this every year because i don't think it 
anything really changed except it being slightly worse. It's true. I, I think that there are there are elements to I think you can ape from like there are good elements from this year's draft that you can ape uh for uh future years, specifically uh the the cut-ins to like players' houses and families and stuff like that. Those were all uh handled, I think a lot better this year yeah. than before because I well I don't know if they like set them up with HD cameras or whatever but like it wasn't it's usually really grainy footage and not like the timing isn't great this year it was it was you know that was one of the things that they got right so I think I th- you know I don't know I feel like there's always something you can take um but I I, I enjoyed agree seeing with the you. coaches at like their houses well so so here's my takeaway, right? Here yeah, here is my takeaway from the draft. It's 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 that we need to rise up and and seize Cliff Kingsbury's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is is the assholes the rich assholes in Parasite, and he absolutely doesn't deserve any of that house. Oh my god, it's beautiful though, fuck isn't him. it? It's fucking beautiful. It just made it's me gorgeous. so mad. And he has a fire pit so going mad. in the middle of Arizona yeah. during the day. Yeah. Like Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Dude's gonna... Well, I guess he is gonna burn his own house down soon, so... Yeah, that's fair. But, like, Belichick having a little poofy dog. Yeah, yeah, Belichick's dog was great. Listen, listen. That was great. That was great. We can talk about how how evil, you know, evil the Patriots are, how bad Bill Belichick is, but... And we will get to that Dog's a good boy. But the dog, the dog was good. I've been drawing Belichick with a small poofy dog as a joke in the comic. I had no idea he actually had a small poofy dog. And the the small poofy dog was great. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. I enjoyed Mike Frabel's house with the guy in the background pooping and the other guy in the background who had like a weird superhero pajama costume on. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on there, but it was funny. Mm -hmm. I also greatly enjoyed everyone who immediately, because David Gettleman is is such a joke everyone just was just aching to dunk on him for some reason mm-hmm. and he made a good pick but then he put a mask on and everyone's like oh why are you putting a mask on at home that dude's a 70 year old cancer survivor you're the yeah right here. come on dude don't be so eager to meme him because he he normally does a lot of dumb stuff well my, that you like he's setting a good example during a time when we need good examples out of old boomers especially something that i did notice about this draft uh above and beyond other drafts is that i mean it's it's that nfl fans are so starved for content right now they want to make any everything into a thing um yeah you know the roger goodell slouching on the couch a lot of people were actually like mad about that um the day yeah which was outrageous because i was sitting like that yeah so was i thought that was great come on man everybody making fun of him for that was sitting there basically in that exact same format watching the draft because that's how you fucking watch football you sit exactly like that i enjoyed roger goodell sitting like that because it made him a little bit more human yeah humanized him i yeah there's 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 something to be said, like we've, again, that's another thing we've talked about is like creating a story out of nothing. We talked about that with the sports media, but it also exists with the fans. Everyone wants like a meme worthy moment to either get hype about or to get really angry about and argue on Twitter. Because if you don't, then the bad thoughts start to come in and can't have that. So, so like on one level, I get it, but on the other level, you kind of need to be aware 
sometimes of like that that is what's going on or else you'll send yourself into a weird tailspin where you don't you, know, you don't want to force it exactly like, exactly like that's there the was thing. Pl- like, there was plenty of shit about the nfl draft to get heated about right so yeah there was like the espn tragedy porn was absolutely the th- the number one thing and that was absolutely deserving of all the memes and jokes that mm-hmm. it was getting. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the dogs showing up on camera, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff you can't force, but like this other, some of this other stuff, like you're, you're trying too hard to do it. You're trying too hard to get the next tweet that gets 50,000 retweets. Like right. you're trying a little too hard. Like you got to let those moments come naturally and just enjoy them as it happens. Right. Exactly. I guess for the actual draft itself, it was largely pretty uneventful. Yeah. I don't think there was too many surprises except for one. One important draft that actually made me laugh out loud when I heard the pick was the Packers. Yep. Yep. They Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. I can't imagine how pissed off he was when he heard that pick. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know, right? Well, because he had been just like receivers, receivers, receivers. He's already well, uh, pretty much everybody yeah. was like before the drafts. Like Packers are going to draft a receiver. Yep. This is a deep class of yep. receivers. Yep, it's they got like they were a game away from the Super Bowl last year. They just need a few extra pieces, and they could make that push. And they draft a fucking quarterback that's not going to see the field for two years. Unreal. Like, this is hilarious. Unreal. Unreal. I don't know what the Packers were doing. All I know is what they were doing was pissing off Aaron Rodgers. It's like they're trying to it's like that thing that happens in bad relationships where one person wants to end it but doesn't have the balls to end it, so they just start being an asshole uh-huh. to the other person, right. hoping the, the other person ends it instead. Yeah, well, I mean it makes sense though because like that's <laughs> that's what like there's a lot fucking riding on. There's a lot of money riding on like if he's pushed out or if he leaves of his own accord or if he's like traded that, that will all affect uh, his market value. Right. So yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Packers, the Packers fans on Twitter, were having a bad night. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I, I fucking fo- sure. They I, I have a bunch of Packers writers that follow me and I follow back and a lot of them are, have that annoying optimism that Packers fans tend to have. Where it's just like, uh-huh. yeah, they're the Packers. Yeah, we, we got Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna be fine. Yeah, Everything's gonna win. be great. There's a couple. Yeah. The, the, it, it's it's that Packer fan irritation optimism. Yes. And they were not having a good time, and I was lapping that shit up. Um, like I don't know what this team is doing. I don't. The entire trajectory of the franchise just changed now. What's happening? What like what are we gonna? I was I was eating it up. That mm-hmm. shit was great. It was very good. Uh, the uh, the only other thing it was uh, a um. Uh, a similar thing, but the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. It's like that, except less. It's it's pretty much the same thing, except less. You know, it, it's less. a little more understandable in the Eagles' case, because, exactly. You know, Wentz Wentz is allergic to staying healthy. So, mm-hmm. and more than any other team, basically in recent memory, the Eagles know the value of a good backup quarterback. <laughs> it's very true. So, it is very, very, very true. Um, it's it's so, just, like it's, it's just... funny that the Eagles did that, but like I kind of understood that way more than I understood what the Packers were doing. Yep, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. 
Um, hey, breaking news. Literally broke about uh, an hour ago, and I just missed it. Uh, coming in 2021, Space Jam A New Legacy. It's official. The, the, it's official? the subtitle is official. LeBron James, Bugs Bunny in Space Jam A New Legacy. It's fucking happening, folks, and I could not be more excited. Um, I rewatched Space, Space Jam. Jam, like King I, James, Space Jam logo. Oh shit! It's really He's good. The hat. He's wearing the hat. Oh man, the logo's pretty cool. I'm very excited. Um, I, I, I've got a lot of thoughts about. Uh, We've been waiting Space so Jam. long for this. Yeah, it's it's the well, the, one of the producers of like the good Fast and the Furious movies is working on it. Um, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited, honestly. Uh, LeBron James's movie career has been largely good. He's been okay. Yeah. Like he's, the movies he's been in, he's been okay. I mean, the dude yeah. has some charisma. So oh, he's it, got a ton of charisma. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I am, I am very, he's, he's got more charisma than Michael Jordan did. Yes. Michael Jordan was incredibly clunky that... in the original Space Jam, which is part of the charm. Yes. But it also... Like LeBron's gonna work better. Well, the reason the reason that the original Space Jam was so special, I think, and this is this is after having watched it fairly recently, um, definitely within the past year, uh, I have watched it. Uh, the the knock that everyone puts on Space Jam is that it is a movie made explicitly to shill products, sneakers, jerseys, uh, Looney Tunes merchandise, what have you. What people don't realize about movies like that in the 90s was that they were all made with tongues firmly planted in cheeks, right? The Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck would go to the camera and like and like put a shoe up into the camera and say like product placement buy this fucking shoe except they yeah it was kind of it. the the wayne's world thing yes, where yeah, he's just like product 100%. i would never sell out as he like just eats a opens a pizza hut box yep. directly it's that just like yes that too it's a whole movie we have to do that. this we understand it's gonna do this like there's that one scene in space jam where i think where newman i don't even remember what his character newman, is in the name yeah, i just call I, him yeah, newman. newman he, he walks newman. in on michael jordan and he just lists off Every single Michael Jordan endorsed product oh, is that's like time right. to put yeah. on your hands. <laughs> and it's, yeah. just, it's just so blatant. It's a joke. That you it's, can't... joke. it's played as jokes. And it's not like the, the, it would be one thing if it was all like, if Mike's secret stuff was Gatorade the whole time or whatever, you know, it's not that. The, the job of the movie was, was to sell Michael Jordan and Looney Tunes and and yeah products too, but it was like they weren't the best product placement is is when they're self aware. It's just like yes. hey, the mo- these help make the movies get made. We have to acknowledge it. It's better to wink than to pretend that it's a serious commercial. Which 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 is the thing we run into now with product placement in movies product placement in movies now looks a whole lot different than it did back in like you know the the late 90s even into the the early to mid thousands um it it is i think the worst the worst product placement i've ever personally seen which is one of probably the only lasting legacy from this movie was uh irobot that Will Smith vehicle yeah, with I don't remember the product Audi and that. Converse. It was Converse. Oh, there were so many shots yeah, of I him putting his now. Converse yeah, shoes on. Jesus. 
Yeah, that was logos and everywhere. It, it, they play it completely seriously. Yep, hundred percent. It's it a serious is movie. Painful. Yeah. Yeah, that that's like the lasting legacy of that movie was the the terrible product placement. Uh-huh. In it. Yep. Yep. The 100%. best product placement I've ever seen was that one scene from Arrested Development where they're in, I want to say, a, I think it was Burger King. And it's just like Carl Weathers and David Cross and they're sitting there and they're talking and just like at the end of the conversation they're having, they're just like, oh, God, I just love these Burger King fries. And they're like, Burger King's a great restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and so Ron good. And Howard the narrator goes, it sure is. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's how you fucking do product There's, There's cool. a, I, I, I have a whole bunch of thoughts on this and they're going to be written down and put somewhere on the internet at some point. But the, the best movie I have ever seen to do that was Josie and the Pussycats. The whole movie is about product placement and making fun of product placement and saying it is a drain on, you know, uh, the American economy and, and over consumerism is, is capital B bad. Like that is the message of the Josie and the Pussycats movie from like 2005. Josie and the Pussycats is a secret good movie. It's a, it's, it's I'm going to back you up on that. Very secret one. good movie. The the awesome thing is that they got tons of product placement money from like Target, Steve Madden, um uh like Fanta, um I think like Best Buy FYE is in it, like a whole like so many different brands. Um and I think they all just signed on being like, oh, yeah, that, you know, Josie and the Pussycats, the Archie comic and, and cartoon, like, oh, cool. Yeah, I want to be in this movie. And they spend the entire movie making fun of brands and saying that they are evil and bad. Like, in the in the opening scene, they crash a Target plane, like, in, in the desert on purpose. <laughs> It's yeah. It's, it's a whole I, thing. Watch, it's been watch a while since I've seen that, cats. but it's it's. I remember it came on TV at one point, and I was I was in one of those states where I was I was like, what the fuck else am I gonna do? Because uh-huh. uh-huh. I had no interest. But it was on TV. There was nothing else on TV, so I just kept it on. And it's definitely a better movie than you think it's going to 100%. be. It looks like a dumb kids movie. And we, and that's the how it was marketed. It's like, ah, oh, it's a dumb kids movie about the girls band, about the cartoon or whatever, whatever. Now it's it's more intelligent than that. It deserved more love than it got. Mm-hmm. The music rips too. Uh, anyway, I completely derailed that. I'm sorry. I just I just saw it pop up. No, on my no. Feed I am and... excited about Space Jam too. I I love Space Jam. Everyone loves Space Jam. Mm-hmm. If you don't love Space Jam, you're wrong you are you are okay so what i'll say is watch it again right watch watch the movie again and watch it like with an eye towards knowing one it's a kid's movie two the movie is is the movie admits like the movie admits to every bad thing you could say about it yes it it is admitting to be a michael jordan vehicle it is admitting to shell to shelling products like there's not much to it it's just fun the jokes are good there's a scene where elmer fudd and yosemite sam parody pulp fiction and shoots shoot people with real guns and that's fun like i don't the know Looney Tune action is perfect yeah yes yes but yeah yeah give it <sighs> give it another shot give it another shot 
give it a give it another mm-hmm. space jam is one of those movies where like as a kid if you watch it as a kid it's the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. if you watch it as a shitty teenager you're gonna hate it because it is kind of made for kids mm-hmm. and you and you can't enjoy that shit because you you're old and the the clunkiness and stuff like that just doesn't work for you anymore because you're an adult now right i'm i'm 19 I know movies. I'm better than this. And then you watch it when you fit your later years, your early adult years, I guess, like late 20s, after you've kind of understood film a little bit. And you're like, ah, yeah, this is a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Or you, you don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you go through your phase of being a snob, and then you realize, ah, it, it doesn't really matter. Movies are better when they're judged on if they accomplish what they're trying to do. Right. Not against, like, RoboCop isn't the greatest movie ever made, but it's a perfect movie in that it sets out to do something and executes that basically perfectly. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if a movie goes out, sets out to do something and accomplishes it and does it well, it's a perfect movie. We were having this discussion literally on Twitter because you, you tagged me in one of those stupid chain yeah right things. yeah yep yeah. listen we're all going crazy i i i i fully admit to being taken in i i fucking did do it i did a chain email sorry to be fair you're the only person who has tagged me this entire time i think most of my friends know that i would just ignore it <laughs> if they tagged me <laughs> i'm enjoying that i'm just like ah my cynicism has paid off they know I'll just not do it, so they're not bothering. I appreciate that. hundred percent. What else happened in the draft? Did anything happen in the draft? Well, we should. I, that was interesting. We should just go into talking about the Patriots, right? Or the, yeah. rather, the yeah the the new Patriots. The the new the new quotes Patriots. Mm-hmm. They did the most. Probably the most Patriots thing they could have possibly done. Right. And that's draft two tight ends. Yep. 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 Very true. (laughs) Very true. Now, as everybody knows at this point, they drafted an alt-right kicker. Yep. Who claimed that he didn't know what that 3% tattoo meant because he just likes... Bullshit. Yeah. There's no fucking way he didn't know what that meant when he got that tattoo. I just like, couldn't he, couldn't he think of a better story? Couldn't he think of something like, like, oh yeah, no, I thought it was just about the military. No. Or, or or like, or like I lost a bet and my friends tattooed this on, like we were out for drinks or whatever. And my friend, I lost a bet and my friend chose this tattoo to give me, uh, you know, white supremacy is is scum and bad and i hate it like how hard would that be how hard would that lie be to tell (laughs) there's there's no way he didn't know what it meant and he's he's just upset that people called him on it Mm -hmm. so he's basically doing the nick bosa thing where he scrubbed all of his bad tweets but we know right yeah we know yeah we know we know you're a shithead we know another another scumbag kicker Add him to the list. Go. We have two two scumbag kickers. We had the wife beater kicker, and now we've got the the alt right kicker. Which I hope he goes wide right, so that I can make a lot of jokes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
Very good. I, every kick he misses is going to be an absolute joy because you're like, oh, he got down the middle. What a fucking centrist. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like I'm going to ride that shit because he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve to be treated with kid gloves now. No, of course no. not. No. He knew what he was doing when he got that tattoo on and him being like, oh, I, I'll get I'll cover it up. Like, no, mm. <laughs> if you get it removed, I might believe you. Well, but right. He's not going to yeah. get it removed. That's the He'll thing. wear a sleeve, but he's not going to get it removed. Again, like you'd think it would be easy to deal with this, right? Man, I just don't. Uh, it's just really disappointing. <sighs> Classic Boston Patriots move, though. Yeah, for real. Classic. 100%. 100%. 100%. Ugh. What do you think about Rob Gronkowski coming back? I, uh, you know, I, good, like good, uh, good for him. Like if if he wants to, fine. He obviously really likes playing with Tom Brady. Like great. Yeah, it's funny that his loyalty is very clearly to Tom and not the Patriots. Well, I so I think that's telling, right? I think that I think that there's yeah. two different things going on where where Tom Brady has really good rapport uh, with a lot of his players. Uh, and Bill Belichick is able to get, and Bill Belichick has rapport with Tom Brady or had rapport with Tom Brady. Um, and the thing that made that work is that everyone was essential for Tom Brady and nobody was essential for Bill Belichick, which created a weird push and pull and a, a, an insane power dynamic on the team that worked for a long time a but really was always going to end in tragedy 100 percent, 100 percent. so listen it was I, always going to end in tragedy it was just a matter of when mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i am i am uh happy to i'm like i'm happy if gronk is happy let him play it'll be re- really really funny uh if the bucks are pretty good this year and i actually think they will be i you know i think they'll be a playoff team this year for sure um it's also I'm I am there's a lot of Schadenfreude to be had at the presumptive end of uh, Jameis Winston's career. Ah, Jameis Winston, he's a saint. Oh no, he's That's... not. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Because eh. he's, he's a bad yeah. person. He is. He, he's gonna steal a lot of crawfish dads. Uh huh. <laughs> crawfish. Those crawfish dads. It was crawfish dads. I meant like yeah, no, oh, no, I got it. I got it. I was I'm with you. I'm with you. I, crawfish dads. Yeah, I just what, what's a crawfish dad? Is it just a crawfish with a mustache? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is a it's a crawfish <laughs> with an apron on it with another crawfish on it that says kiss the chef. Um Yeah, I I can't. I so here the, the actual question is do you think Jameis Winston starts again? Because, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go first, and my answer is no, because I think that there are, we are in a an era, this draft was maybe not quarterback heavy, but there were a lot, there was a ton of, like, there weren't a ton of quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks that were in this draft were very talented I think I like I think Jake Fromm is going to be successful at the next level. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be 
a starter. I think Joe Burrow's got it. Joe Burrow. Oh, Joe Burrow's, Burrow's gonna it. be great. Um, yeah, I, I like. There were a ton of. I think Herbert's a bust, but Maybe. he's he's gone to a good situation. Right. Like that's the thing. Like he, the Chargers is a good situation. He's got exactly. some some great targets to work with. The Chargers, I think, are better than their record was. Like, I don't, I don't trust Herbert, but he went to a place that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think about Tua. I think no, I think Tua is going to be. But fine. I think he'll I think be. Gonna be I fine. think he'll be okay. It's just going to be on whether the Dolphins fail him. Right. That's that's the only question is whether or not the Dolphins fail him. And listen, that's been happening less and less uh, the past few years. Like teams are not allowing a bad team to scare them off of a bad quarterback anymore, which is really nice. Um, you know, I think, I think the, resur- the, the, the mild resurgence of Teddy Bridgewater is like, like, Oh no, he's always been a pretty frigging good quarterback. I think when people took notice of that, they're like, Oh yeah, actually we just kind of have to be patient and and be aware of the situation that a lot of these young kids are going into uh, before we make a decision, right? So I, I I'm I am glad about that, and I yeah I think that I think that that bodes well for the next generation of young quarterbacks, right? We already have like we've had some generational talents in in the past few drafts, right? Like Mahomes, Jackson, a whole bunch of folks. Um, which is why it is hard for me to think of a future, even if, like, Drew Brees retires at the end of this year, Tom Brady retires at the end of this year, like, even, even as some of these, like, legends that we grew up watching are going to be retiring in the next, like, like two to five years um i like i don't see i don't see a place for for a quarterback that is as mediocre as Jameis winston i think i think the problem is i am going to disagree and i say that he will get starts i think he's got he's on track to be a fitzpatrick-esque kind of journeyman so that's fair that's that is super fair he's never he he's too flawed to keep the job, but he's talented enough to get a job. That's very true. That's the thing. Because well, he, I, I say like, mediocre, and it's like I, I'm I'm taking some that, like, like he's he, Jameis's highs are great. Yes. The problem is they're right next to his really stupid lows. That's, like the Jameis isn't. He's not like an Andy Dalton. It's who's just kind of in the middle of a floor and a ceiling where he's not all that great right. when he's great, but he's not all that bad when he's bad. Jameis is it's a, Mark a Sanchez completely wild range, whereas he can play in one game, like the best quarterback that has ever been. Yes. And then in the next game play such absolute ass for no apparent reason against like a worse team. He's he's his variance is so wide with how he plays He's gonna. I don't know if he'll start for the Saints after after this. I think he's probably gonna follow the Bridgewater route, whereas the Saints aren't gonna want to pay him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go somewhere else. And he's gonna go to a QB needy team. I'm just smelling Jets. Yeah, but yeah. He's I gonna mean, go it, to a QB. It really does kind of feel that way, right? It feels Jetsy to yeah. me. 
possibly Browns. Maybe Baker Mayfield has flamed out by that point. It's it's just there. It's sitting for us. We have no reason to doubt it until it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But then he's going to be fun enough and exciting enough to earn a starting job, especially if he goes to a situation where he's competing against a mediocre guy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to win a starting job. I just don't think he'll keep it for very long, and he'll probably go to a bunch of other teams Never take have the same problem that he had with the Bucks. That he's good enough to get him to the playoffs, but he can't play consistently enough to make it actually work. Right. Like how the right. Bucks probably could have been a playoff team last year if Jameis doesn't throw thirty fucking picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I that's and that's why I'm thinking, like, to me this this screams well, it's not Mark Sanchez, but it's Mark Sanchez taken to another level, honestly. Because Mark San- the thing with Mark Sanchez was Mark Sanchez was a passable quarterback, right? He 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 led the Jets to the playoffs um in the in the late thousands. He was actually pretty good. Um the problem with Mark Sanchez was when he failed, he would fail spectacularly, right? He would have he would have a couple plays every other game where he just he looked like he had never seen a football before. With Jameis Winston, you sometimes you you sometimes get like a passable quarterback. Sometimes you get a generational talent, and sometimes you get five interceptions in a game or in like. Jameis is one of right? is is a problem where his talent is clearly incredible. Yeah, and it, it's well, just I, his brain. I well, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the maybe it's just really hard to throw a football accurately and like something and, and it's the oh kind of I'm, thing I'm where, sure it's like, hard that's why i'm not a quarterback well, well but but i mean like even if you're a professional quarterback maybe it's the kind of thing where his like throwing motion just isn't as consistent and he doesn't want to relearn everything like you know i this to me doesn't like this to me screams a, it's a, a weird i mean maybe mental but not like uh, obviously not like oh he doesn't practice oh he's you know this that or the other i think there's something this is a curious case of Jameis winston Jameis looks to me like a quarterback who he, he, he can learn how to play but when he's actually under center his mm-hmm. instincts aren't great mm-hmm. like when you see like pat mahomes play and you can kind of hear it when he starts talking about plays. It's just like when things break down, his brain just works properly and he knows right. instinctively right. where to go, how to run. When things aren't exactly how they should be, Jameis Winston seems like he wings it mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the knowledge to know how to wing it because a lot of his intersections are just like, where was he going with that ball? Right. Like, it's yes. not like. He w- it was towards the receiver, but a little off target, and a guy picked it off. It was like it's like he just threw it over to the sideline where the receiver went the opposite direction, and there was just a quarterback just sitting there ready to take it. Like there's a lot of plays like that mm-hmm. where it's like where was he even going with the ball? So he it seems to me like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have that sort of like Peyton Manning kind of brain where everything's an immediate like math calculation like all the little equations are flying right, in front yeah, of his face yeah, yeah, in a yeah, split yeah. second so he knows exactly where to go. He's just he gets the ball in his hand and his mind I I just see like his brain going blank. Mm-hmm. And then him just like looking and just be like oh, I see a jersey that looks like mine and chucking it or like 
oh shit, there's a guy over here. I'm just going to throw it now. Like it, it, it seems like his brain goes blank and he doesn't right. know how to make decisions properly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the instincts work out perfectly because he can throw the ball very well to like these great players that he's, he was surrounded by, but he, he, he's just constantly making choices. We're like, what, what were you doing, Jameis? Yeah. Yep. And it's, and that, that's the thing is it's kind of consistent. Whereas a lot of, a lot of like young quarterbacks will kind of do that. will try and like force something or like do something dumb and so like that's that's the kind of wild thing about Patrick Mahomes, right? Is he'll do a lot of that stuff, but somehow, miraculously, it'll work and be the coolest thing in the world. Um But you know mo- most of the time it doesn't, but also most of the time with young quarterbacks, it like happens like once in every like three or four games. And that shit gets ironed out by the time they spend, like, one or two years in the league. Yeah. They they either, like, when you see quarterbacks doing that, they, they basically have one or two directions. They learn how to control it and read a field, and they become a better quarterback and right. to a point where, like, they're a pocket passer now. Or they have the trajectory where they get too conservative <laughs> because there's too many calculations. They're trying to make too many calculations, and they're, they're not trusting their instincts quite enough. And then they're getting sacked or they're having to throw the ball away or they're going with the check down because they won't go for it. Like, like that's kind of the trajectory you have with, with players like that. Right. I'm going to be really interested to see what happens when Mahomes slows down athletically because that will happen. Yeah. I mean, it has he's not going to, he's it not going to play the way he does now five years from now. Of course. And Mahomes well, clearly has the brains to play like a pocket passer when he can't, juke and outrun and do ridiculous shit with his legs anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it i i'm really curious to see how mahomes develops over the course of his career i don't i don't think there's like i i I wouldn't i like i really like yes he'll he'll slow down right but i don't think i patrick mahomes is so talented that i i think that even when he does slow down the the experience he has in the league and all of the other tools he will get will more than make up for it. Like yeah. I, I would not. He's, he, I, I would not. I would not bet Mahomes against will, him. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He's t- he's too good to not be fine. But there is going to come a point where his athleticism it doesn't carry him quite as far as it as it does right now. Same with Lamar Jackson. Right. There's going to be a point yeah. where he's not going to be able to do what he does right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how he adapts himself to the game at that point. Right. Because Russell Wilson's done fine. Mm-hmm. Several other players mm-hmm. have done fine. Yeah. Like other running quarterbacks have done fine. Scrambling quarterbacks. They're just good at scrambling. They're not running. Like I, I'm just really interested to see the career trajectories of these guys once their athleticism slows down a bit as they get into their late 20s. Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, well, obviously, it's always kind of excited, to, uh, exciting to visualize what you think the next season of NFL play is going to look like, right? You know, after the draft, that, that yeah. is everyone's favorite thing to do. But I think this year it's going to be really fun. 
especially you know the burgeoning like patriots buccaneers rivalry that's going to be very like hard to the whole afc east is going to be way more exciting this year 100%. because it's finally open it is it, it really finally is open yep um yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, what the Bills look like. It'll be interesting to see, like, what the Titans look like. I'm, I am very, very excited. I think, I think that competitive balance will be way, way, way increased this season. Um, unless somehow the Bucks just run the table, which I, I again, I don't think that's going to happen, but, um, I, I, I think the Bucks' best chance to win another Super Bowl is actually going to be 2021. Yeah. Yep, that, 100%. Or, or the, like the, not the, the next season, the season after that because it, it seems like all quarterbacks, even the good ones, take have need an adjustment period under Bruce Arians cuz his system is so complicated. Brady's smart enough to handle it, okay. but it's still going to require some change, especially when he spent 20 years basically under the same shit. Sure. So I'm going to I'm I I think the Bucks will probably make the playoffs this year, but I don't think they're going to go deep. I think there's just going to be some flaws that we're not anticipating. Yeah. But then yeah, the next year, they're going to be set up to go all the way. Yeah. 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 That it's, it's, it all depends on like, on like the moves they make, right? Free agency, all that. Like they have to keep, they have to keep the good stuff they already have and pay, pay the players to stay. But yeah, yeah I, I, this might be the start of something. Like, honestly, like Gronk or no, Tom Brady or no. Uh, the fact that these big names are on the team is going to make other good players, younger players, want to play as well. Like, if the Bucks win a Super Bowl um, soon, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. You're, you're saying they're set up for 2021. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens later after Tom Brady has retired just because his presence on the team, his celebrity status, has made people want to play for them, you know? It will help. 100%. It will help draw in free agents and stuff like that. Yeah. So it'll sell tickets. It'll. The Bucks are way more interesting than they have been since their Super Bowl run mm-hmm. at this point. So there's done that. <sighs> Sam. Yes, you can follow me uh, on Twitch at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs and on Twitter at Sam Grezes. S A M G R E S C E S. Dave. I'm Drop Play Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Drop Play Dave, on Facebook at the Drop Play Comic, and on Instagram at Drop Play Dave, and of course on thedropplay.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, please don't let any ESPN tragedies happen to you in between this episode and the next time you listen to us, and you'll hear from us then. Do you like making fun of really, really bad ghost hunting shows? There's one in particular we enjoy making fun of. It's called Ghost Adventures, and it includes things such as... Bad fashion sense. Grown men yelling at nothing. Outrageously large belt buckles. Too much hair gel. And unfortunately, a lot of really cringy, painful, and socially unaware stuff, too. I'm Cassie. And I'm Max. We're the hosts of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. Find Insanely Haunted for free wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jen. Hey, Micah. Remember watching the Friends premiere? No, I never saw that. Oh, but remember those first Wu-Tang solo albums that came out? 
No, I don't. Remember that terrible Frasier theme song? Oh my god. Remember, I was sent away from home when I was 16, sent to like the middle of nowhere, Montana, therapeutic boarding school, none of this rings a bell. Oh yeah. Join us for I Never Saw That, a podcast about mid-90s pop culture and Montana. What about ER? You saw that though, right? No!